The Shadow of Fu Manchu. Based on the stories by Zach Roma. Investigating certain mysterious occurrences at Redmoat, the Norfolk estate of the Reverend Eltham, famous fighting missionary, Inspector Nalun Smith discovers evidence of the malignant presence of Dr. Fu Manchu. An attempt to kidnap the missionary is frustrated by the quick actions of the inspector. As Eltham, Smith, and Dr. Petrie, the inspector's friend and associate, return to the house from a hurried search of the fortified grounds, they are startled by a frenzied cry for help. Good heavens, my daughter. It's Grieva over there at the edge of the shrubbery under the elm. The cry came from that direction. Come on, Petrie. Right. Bring lights, Elton. Lantern, hurry. Bear more to the right, Petrie. The cry came from over there. Grieva. Grieva. Good heavens, Smith, where is she? The cry seemed to come from this direction. She can't be very far. And they can't get out of the ground, guarded as they are. Miss Elton. Miss Elton. Oh, the Lord, forgive me. I could do murder tonight. If that fiend has harmed her... Get yourself together, Elton. They can't get her out. Post Edwards and Robin to the gate. We'll circle the ground. They must be inside Red Moat. I'll post the servants, then meet you at the upper side of the moat. We'll take this path, Petrie. Come on. In heaven's name, can we do, Neighbor? Search everywhere. Typical of Fu Manchu, this. Because of our presence and all these fortifications, he finds it difficult to reach Elton, so he concentrates on the girl. Couldn't help her, Petrie, if she's fallen into the hands of Fu Manchu himself. He wouldn't murder her, Nayland. Oh, in her case, death would be merciful. I'm positive he's received instructions from the Seven not to do harm here, merely to prevent Eltham from returning to the Orient. But his methods of prevention are usually far worse than death. Oh, here comes Eltham and one of the servants. By Jove, Nayland, where can the girl be? Somewhere in Redmoat, rest assured. But where? Huh. Have, have you found anything, Mr. Smith? Nothing, Eltham. Absolutely nothing. There's not the slightest trace. One could almost believe they've taken wings. Good heavens. We've got to find them. Yes, yes, of course, and we will. 
Is there any possible place we may have overlooked? Mr. Elton. Yes, sir. Quick. Oh, Robbins. He found something. Come. Robbins. Robbins. Yes, sir. Quick. This way, by the sundial. There he is. Under the... Good heavens. Griba. Griba. Here. Let me look at her, Elton. She... She's dead. Dead. No. No, merely a deep faint. Here, Robbins. Help me to the terrace with her. Oh. This is positively the most uncanny thing I've ever experienced. We covered the sundial in our search not five minutes ago, and there was nothing there. By Jove. I got it. We're fools, Elton. Loose the dog. Loose the dog. But the dog's crippled. I know it. And if anything human is hiding there, the dog will lead us to it. If it's a man, he'll run. Great Scott, why didn't I think of it before? Keep him on leash, Robbins. Keep him on leash. He'll lead us. Out of the house. Quickly. I shouted purposely, Petrie. It would have been heard by anyone. Ah, I thought so. Eltham, find out what part of the grounds that alarm comes from. Right, Mr. Smith, at once. Here, Robin. Put Miss Eltham down on this bench, then go with Inspector Smith. I'll get one of the maids to help me here. Come along, Robin. Above the moat, Smith. Hurry. How long, Robins, have you been employed here? Uh, three years, sir. And Edward? The same, sir. I see. And how long have these attempted robberies been going on? Uh, not long, sir. It was a few days after the master told us he had decided to return to China that the first queer thing happened. Yes, Mr. Elton told me of it. Someone tried to get at Mr. Elton's collection of curios, eh? Uh, that was what the man we caught said, sir. But uh, my opinion is... Hmm? What, Robin? That his collection had nothing to do with it, sir. He was lying. Why do you think that? Because, sir, begging your pardon, but I have only one of the maid's word for it, sir. She came upon Mr. Eltham on the terrace examining a strange design drawn on a flagstone, sir. Oh, she saw the design, Robin? Yes, sir. She said it resembled a poppy with seven petals. It was drawn in charcoal, sir. Oh, the black poppies. A simple enough explanation, Petrie, and one I should have discovered. We found a ladder of bamboo splints and silken cord hanging by two hooks from the top strand of barbed wire. And the jointed bamboo pole, what was it used for? Probably to attach the ladder to the fence. Oh. The end of the ladder was what Miss Elton saw trailing behind whoever used it when she interrupted him in her father's room. And that was the long, slim creature that climbed to his window and which later she saw disappearing in the brush. Eh? Yes. And in the shrubbery behind the sundial, we found a huge cask sunk in a pit. A bush fastened to its movable lead concealed it. So that was where they hid themselves when anyone was about, eh? Mm. Clever, Nalan. Devilishly clever. They slipped into the grounds during the day while Eltham was in London, concealed themselves in the bushes until dark, then went to work digging their cash. But the excavated earth, what would be disposed of on the flower beds, where it would escape notice, of course. Oh. You see, Petrie, the problem of getting in was never a big one. But owing to Eltham's defenses, it was impossible, while he was at home at least, to get out after dark. I see. They needed a working base inside Redmond. Naturally. And Fu Manchu's assistant, he certainly had one, must have been in hiding somewhere outside. You believe it was Fu Manchu who was concealed in that cask? Oh, who else has such eyes as Miss Eltham saw from her window? Why, of course. And the nature of the outrage that Fu Manchu planned to prevent Eltham's return to the Orient, we learned from Miss Eltham's condition. It's easy to see that she stumbled on Fu Manchu at the very entrance to his burrow. Her cries were muffled and she was dragged down into the cache. And when we'd concluded our search, her body was brought to the sundial and left there for us to find. Only a clever devil could think of such a scheme, Nayland. Right. Provision had been made against her recovering consciousness and revealing the secret of the hidden cask. My ruse of shouting to release the mastiff ended the visit of Dr. Fu within Redmoat. Oh, uh, how is the girl? Well, she made slow recovery and couldn't remember anything that had happened after she saw Fu Manchu rise up before her in the shrubbery. Mm. 
fact, her memory is a complete blank. In your opinion, that was due to what exactly? To the hypodermic needle puncture at the upper end of her spine. Unconsciously, then, Grieber furnished the explanation of how Fu Manchu planned to keep her father in England. By means of this operation, he designed to erase from Eltham's mind his plans to return to the Orient. If we only knew the nature of the fluid which produces such a mental blank. Oh, one of the many strange secrets of Dr. Fu Manchu, Petrie. Well, I, I can't understand why Eltham didn't tell you of the warning he received from the black poppies. The warning Robbins told to us. Simply because he had no idea as to its significance. He'd never even heard of them. Mm. Oh, by the way, have you seen this? Star Telegraph. Look at the item at the top of the personal column. Uh, Orient. Have abandoned visit. Eltham. Ah, so he's not returning to the East. Huh? I'm glad, for his sake and the girls. But it marks another victory for Fu Manchu. Well, that depends, Nayland, on the way you look at it. Oh, and uh, what about Sir Lionel Barton? You saw him today, didn't you? Oh, I saw him. He only just returned from somewhere in Egypt, digging in the tombs of Biban el Moluk. That man bears a charm life, Petrie. For on the evidence of his open letter to the Times, he's seen things in Tibet which Fu Manchu would have the West blind to. I think he's discovered a new keyhole to the gate of the Indian Empire. Well, what was his reaction to your warning against Fu Manchu? Oh, he laughed at me. Orientalist and explorer, he's the first to penetrate the forbidden city of Lhasa. The first to make the pilgrimage to Mecca. Now he again turns his attention to Tibet, thereby signing his own death warrant. Well, that he's reached England alive is a hopeful sign, don't you think? On the contrary, England is the web at the moment. The spider's waiting, Petrie. And Sir Lionel is an impossible man to shepherd you ought to see his house at Finchley. Huh? What's it like? Completely hemmed in by trees and bushes. Damp as a swamp. Smells like a jungle. Everything topsy-turvy. The man only arrived this morning and he's already working, eating and sleeping in a study that resembles an earthquake in an auction room. <laughs> uh, any servants? A Bedouin groom, an Italian secretary, and a Chinese body servant, and heaven only knows what other strange people. Chinese body servant? Yes. A squint-eyed Cantonese he calls Queen. Oh, by the way, all Sir Lionel's baggage disappeared from the landing stage, including his notes on Tibet. Significant, eh? Of course. But he argues that since he crossed Tibet from the Quenlun to the Himalayas without being assassinated, he certainly won't be murdered in London. Uh, didn't I read somewhere that he'd unearthed a tomb in Egypt lately? Uh, you mentioned that he'd been there. And probably. As I came away, a sarcophagus as big as a boat was being delivered. It's something unique, according to Sir Lionel. And what do you propose to do? <laughs> what can I do? I'm positive Fu Manchu will try to get at him. But, as I say, he merely laughed at my warning. You've taken precautions, of course. I had the yard send a man down to watch the house. Yeah. What's the Lionel like, Nalan? A bull in a china shop. Tall, massive, unkempt. Built like a Kodiak bear. With a voice like a foghorn. I left him wearing a dirty dressing gown, stamping around his oriental furniture, works of references and mummies and pottery and spears and whatnot, alternately dictating his book on Tibet from memory and talking to me. <laughs> He's certainly wasting no time. You know, we're making little headway in this business, Nathan. With all the forces of the law arrayed against him, Fu Manchu continues to slip through our fingers. Yes. I never read a report of someone found drowned of an apparent suicide of a sudden, though seemingly natural death without wondering. Fu Manchu's tentacles of evil embrace everything. You said that Sir Lionel bears a charmed life. Now, the very fact that you're still alive, Mayland, is a miracle. Oh. Well, now, who the devil can that be at this hour? Mrs. McGregor's in bed long ago. I'll see you as is. Right, right. Telegram from Inspector Nayland Smith, sir. Oh, I'll take it. 
Your patient certainly called at ungodly hours, Peter, old chap. Uh, not a patient this time. A telegram for you. A telegram for me? Mm-hmm. Hmm. What on earth can this be? Good Lord. Peter. Listen.